Raindrops bombarded the coffin-shaped window, rattling like a fusillade. My jaw clenched each time the lightning flicked its serpent tongue from the clouds. Thunder turns my palms into nervous sponges, and sweaty hands are never good when you're in a job interview. I'm still not used to it, the police sergeant said as he looked out the window. Sir, I asked him. South Carolina, the weather in the state is crazy, he responded. Another crack of thunder shook the window. The sergeant wanted to ask why I was leaving Richland County. So we'd be playing it straight then, I told myself. No mind games or questions about where I saw myself in five years. Bernhard, he rustled my foul. I asked you a question, didn't I? Bernhard? I repeated the name to myself silently. Is that the name I was using now? I gave the recruiter something about hating being just a number in a large department. He said, we have an opening in the patrol division, and if your file checks out with the academy, how does next Wednesday at 7 p.m. suit you? Pain flashed across the recruiter's face then, and a familiar emptiness impregnated the room. Only people who once knew him could wear such a look of pain. Sir, if you don't mind me asking, won't I be meeting with the police chief? Normally, a job offer in law enforcement had to come from the top, the chief or sheriff themselves. This was my 17th interview, and I was familiar with the intricacies of hiring a cop. No, I wasn't rejected 16 times. I've worked at 16 different agencies in South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. In South Carolina, I know all about the Academy's Gestapo files they keep on all law enforcement. But you can access these files if you have the right clearances and the proper hacking techniques. And thus, in most states in the Southeast, it's actually possible to create new files, new cops. I know this because Steiner has shown me. The chief is out of town with the DEA. It's a case one of our guys made. The sergeant said as he gazed at something through the window. He went on. He used to be our guy, Bernhard, but he quit a week ago, which it's why you're here. The sergeant then told me about him, Steiner the legend, the top lawman who'd stopped a rapist in the back alley between First and Brown Street. A dope dealer's car was speeding down Seaside Road, and Steiner stopped him. The dealer? He had shot a guy, actually. Pounds of cocaine stuffed away in the vehicle's frame, but Steiner knew just where to look. Hell, did the sergeant know that Steiner carried around a pair of vehicle shears just for such an occasion? The legend was gone, flew the coop, and no one at this little police department knows why. And this was the 17th time I'd have to fill Steiner's oversized boots. The sergeant's eyes became moist then, and he pressed his finger into his belly, where I was sensing a knotted string of grief building within the man. Steiner has had effect on people, I've noticed. His absence causes some to feel time more acutely. Steiner's vacancy was palpable in the stinging words of my past co-workers. 
Everyone treats me badly after they lose Steiner. They hate me because they see Steiner's shadow in me. The sergeant wasn't aware of me any longer. He was looking at a picture set in cheap plastic frame, in which was a younger version of the sergeant himself, somewhat heavier than he was presently. Next to him, a tall man with urn gray eyes. His skin was a deep Mediterranean tan. Steiner. He would live forever in departmental lore as the guy who banged the defense attorney. The man the cops at Charleston PD would compare me to. No funny stories would live on about me, I can tell you. Every time they looked at me, they'd see a part of Steiner. And they'd make, they'd make me pay for it. It had happened to me exactly like this 16 times before. Steiner and I have never had a real conversation. Never sat down for coffee. Never gone out for a beer. The sergeant took the picture. This time it was out of the frame and he held it intently. Yet another curious effect Steiner has on people. His image becomes holy. The psychiatrist told my mom that over 2% of Americans suffer from depression. Nothing therapy wouldn't solve, along with a strict regimen of pills. But mental pain when it's strong enough? I tell you, it takes on a physical manifestation all of its own. Without warning, I woke up one morning with a black hole at the center of my universe. I was seven years old at the time. Historians say that Winston Churchill called his depression that black dog. My energy ran down. I was trapped behind a wall of animal-like ferocity. The day I jumped in front of the UPS truck was the same day I stabbed my mom in the chest, attempted suicide. I was eight years old at the time. My parents grieved for me as though I were dead. One day they called the cops because I had forced my brothers into the closet with a gun. The U.S. Census Bureau in 2021 estimated the total population of the United States is upward of 330 million thereabouts. I calculate that if 2% suffer from depression, that's more than 6 million people being hounded by Churchill's black dog. And boy, is he ever hungry. According to the same census, there are just over 700,000 police in America. Steiner, I know he's done the math as well. And he knows about my black dog. He is also aware that if any law enforcement agency found out, I'd be out of a job, you can bet it. You have to tell them about mental diseases. And there's no protection for law enforcement. We get sacked and terminated, shit-canned and kicked on the street. I celebrated my 16th birthday on the streets and with a drug addict who had befriended me. My street urchin buddy was really pissed off. There was some asshole cop that was harassing the homeless. When you're homeless, the need to own things, it still possesses us at this stratum of society. I had a few belongings stashed inside a cardboard box behind an abandoned grocery store. My buddy said that someone had been back there, trashed our stuff and set his box on fire. It was that pig, that damn cop. He'd seen him behind the store in his cruiser. This is how I first heard of Steiner.
It was Wednesday night, my first night on shift at Charleston Police Department, and my partner dipped freely into his well of knowledge. This job is just like a video game, he told me, only you don't get extra lives. He loved to repeat this over and over. Every cop has to go through what's called an FTO program, short for Field Training Officer Program, before they let you work the beat alone. For some people, it's a smooth ride, especially if you're well-liked and learn quickly. For others, the slow learners, the awkward people, or the guys that simply just don't fit in, or perhaps support the wrong baseball team, the FTO program, it can become a living hell. Sometimes if you listen, the road tells you what's happening, my FTO told me. And he began to give me a lesson on the homeless. He said, look how they bunch up like they're trying to keep warm, he pointed out the window. My training officer smiled as though reliving a fond memory, and he said, when you see them doing that, Bernhard, they're passing meth. He slowed the cruiser down and pointed out the window at another cluster. See that guy walking down North Street, Bernhard? I knew in that moment I was being tested. I have acted out this scene at least a hundred times in the nine years I've been in law enforcement chasing Steiner. My FTO pressed me, well, Officer Bernhard, what's going on there? With indifference measured by veteran experience, I answered him. He stuffed something down in his pockets. My training officer grinned. There are two types of assessment for the rookie officer. The first is what appears on the daily reports, the one the superiors and the command staff read the next morning. But let me tell you, the real evaluation happens at 3 a.m. chit-chat between cops. And I knew then that my FTO, he tell his other friends that I might be just maybe okay. He changed the topic. I was with Steiner the night we caught the robbers. Have I told you the story yet, Bernhard? In this story, Steiner was fresh from the academy and had stopped a bank robbery his second day of training all by himself. Seeking to break up what was now a familiar narrative, I interrupted him. Whatever happened to Steiner, I asked. My partner fell silent and turned the radio down. I don't know, just stories. No one knows why he left, Bernhard. My baton bit into my backside as I settled into the narrow patrol seat. Steiner? Steiner was getting ready to kill. The fingers of depression pushed out of my head and probed my guts. The strength oozed out of my limbs, and I felt like a puddle of melted candle wax. There was the sound of metal sliding across stone, echoing across a memory as knives were being sharpened. Steiner was still in the city. He hadn't left, as my co-worker supposed. Suddenly, the cackling of the radio shot through the riptides within me. Central Dispatch gave our unit a call. Domestic disturbance in progress. Male subject armed with a hatchet. Female subject armed with a gun. Each is threatening to kill the other. Both parties still unseen. Well, partner, as my FTO flipped the lights and sirens on, code two, we have ourselves a domestic. As we began to twist and turn, blowing through red lights, he said to me, When do you think the politicians are going to lock up all these crazies, Bernhard? Steiner has spoken to me before in person. I wasn't accurate before, but only once. 
The first of his messages appeared when the Salvation Army's soup kitchen was closed early one day. Behind the old grocery store, everybody's stuff was burning. My friend's buggy was overturned with everything going up in a column of smoke. As we yelled and ran, I noticed that my box of collected goods was left unmolested. As I approached, shielding my face from the smoke, I noticed that inside of my box was stuffed an application to the Greenville County Sheriff's Office. The flames in front of me rapidly consumed the old building. I just kicked my box over and ran, when suddenly a police cruiser pulled up from around the corner, cutting me off. A burst from the throttle and the patrol car was suddenly in front of me. My mind was screaming, shit, a cop. The burning flames from the building were reaching into the sky. Run, run. The door to the cruiser was opened. Run as fast as you can. Run as fast as you can. A voice was screaming at me over and over and over again. But powerful arms were around me, squeezing me, crushing my rib cage. I was taken to the ground with brutal force. I stared up into ashen eyes. Next came the worst beating in my entire life. A punctured lung, missing teeth, ribs shattered by unsympathetic kicks. His blackjack smashed against my nose, and the world became a red, formless blob. Even now, today, I still pass some blood in my urine. Sprawled on the ground, I did the unthinkable. I laughed at this guy. Who did he think he was? Did he think his beating compared to the war that was raging inside me? Depression, it drains your soul, and one day you wake up and you can't think, you can't live anymore. A vampire feeding off of you. Steiner's lips brush my earlobe, and I think he said, Toss anything I give you again, I'll kill your family. He knew all about my family, the classes my brother was taking in college, the Air Force unit my sister was in. He had the Facebook of the mechanic my mom was screwing, the one who worked on her BMW. There is no hiding from such a man. In the back of the ambulance, they cut my shirt off. A paramedic leafed through the police application and found a driver's license clip between the pages. I felt the heat from his breath. Roy Truesdale, can you hear me, Roy? Roy? I tried to tell them that wasn't my name. What, what was my real name? I was being taken to a hospital, I was told. I'd never learned to drive. Where did that South Carolina driver's license come from? The world, it was being engulfed within a reddish haze. Time was sucked into a vortex, and the faces of the EMS crew faded. It was at the hospital that I learned that an apartment had been leased under Roy Truesdale. Whoever Mr. Truesdale is, was, or might have been, he had a degree in criminal justice. There was a debit card and other pieces of paper. Hours later, a doctor came in, and he spoke to me. 
He explained to me that bad things happen when a steel-toed boot lands in your groin. One of my testicles had been completely crushed and they'd been forced to amputate. He calmly explained that that was what had sent me into circulatory shock. He had, as he reiterated again, removed the testicle. Guys in prison don't get it that bad, Mr. Truestell. I'm sorry for you, my son. He told me also that the other testicle should make up for the loss. Under an ocean of medications, his name echoed against the barrenness of the ER. Steiner? Steiner, I stammered it out. Who the hell are you? Steiner. Desolation lives in the back of your throat. Steiner, there is no, there is no disobeying such a man. Sleep offers no respite from depression. But that night in the hospital, Steiner gave me his silent revelation. He dreams the same things I do. And he showed me that night in the hospital and the images kaleidoscoping through my brain that there was a way out from my mental suffering. 